0: Welcome to Manus Sculpting. Uh, this is our first podcast. I'm Wally Bullard, and with me today is Trevor Eichem
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Um, so basically, we're looking at doing a podcast that sticks to talking about magic as much as possible, uh, specifically standard, limited, and then anytime there's a really good bit of magic news, um, obviously we we can't leave that out. Um, So we're going to jump right into Magic News and the week of the God Book, uh, which has just both ruined and made my spoiler season.
1: Um, Yeah, I I actually was thinking a lot about that, and I decided that ultimately I enjoyed being able to see every card at once, and this is basically going to save me hours upon hours of checking the wizard sites every morning, and I might actually get some work done.
0: Yeah, it's it's shocking because you know it's you know we're in spoiler season and normally I would hop on you know Salvation or the Wizard site ten to fifteen times a day during work to see if something went up or you know to read up on a discussion that now I just I have everything and I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, a lot of IT departments are going to get a lot more done in the next two weeks than they normally would.
0: That's true. I was going to say our IT guy started. Uh, updating our computers today, so maybe we'll actually get done this thing. <laughs> uh, I guess we should talk about some highlights, some of the cards that have been spoiled that we think are just great, or maybe just not terrible. Um, let's start off with, with card one in the set, Karn Liberated. Uh, Trevor, what, what do you think about card?
1: bonkers. Uh, he fits in every deck, he's colorless mana, and his plus ability is plus four, which essentially, I'm thinking of him as a second Gideon Jura, because if they don't attack him, they're going to lose, and yet his plus ability is so big that it's almost impossible to take him down. So I, I, I'm going to play him, I see a role for him in every control deck, Especially when you couple him with Chalice or any other, you know, non-green ramp spell, I I, I think he's really good.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I like the idea of uh, being able to bring him in and use his plus ability, um, and then you know, even if you're not going to ult him, just go back and forth between tearing their hand apart and vindicating a permanent. Um, seems really good yeah I mean uh, it, obviously it, it seems better after you've restarted the game with them in play, <laughs> and you tear their hand apart and then vindicate every land they play,
1: yeah it,
0: as you're just playing your game
1: yeah i would I would see no reason uh i mean if you're able to exile another Karn out of your hand and then ultimate like i I would just scoop if I was the opponent, like there is really no point to playing magic at that point
0: <laughs> yeah i'll I'll say that one of the pluses to Karn and Limited is that you won't be able to put a second one into play, probably.
1: (laughs) It's about the only um, uh, benefit we have to look forward to.
0: Yeah, as far as Limited going, but I I plan on ultimating Karn with another Karn Exiled in the near future.
1: Yeah, as many times as possible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just make people scoop or not want to play Magic anymore, which is both bad and good, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, uh, the new down, uh, the next card I think is interesting is the Blade Splicer. And it kind of kicks off this whole Golem theme that we're getting in New Phyrexia. A uh, few cards in every color, create a Golem, give a Golem an ability, and, uh, you yeah, this one's clearly, in my, in my opinion, the best one. It's three, basically two, co- in case you're not looking at the spoiler page, it's two colorless and one planes. It's a one-one when there's a battlefield. You put a three-three golem artifact creature token onto the battlefield, and all golem creatures you control have first strike. So four power, four toughness on the board, and three three of it has first strike. Yeah, I mean, if if
0: you told me I was getting a three-three first striker for three mana, be um, pretty happy, right? Very playable.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too, and it's. I think it's gonna be interesting. I, you know, I wrote this a lot. Uh, you know, my set review, but it seems to me that they're really Wizards is really pushing for mono white beat down draft decks to be popular between the Golems and the efficiently costed flyers. Uh, it just seems like you could really make that happen.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like much of a stretch, especially with. Uh some of the instants they've printed and uh, or some of the, the white non-creature spells that really give you a chance to lock your opponent up pretty pretty
1: quick you know, turns 2 and turns 3. Yeah, moving move along the next card I see interesting is the, is the start of the Chancellor series so we start with Chancellor of the Annex which has uh, 4 colorless, uh, 3 planes so a total of 7 And you may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do, when each opponent casts his or her first spell, counter that spell unless that player pays one. It has flying. It's a 5-6. And when it comes into play, whenever an opponent casts a spell, counter it unless that player pays one.
0: I think one of the the main benefits of of this card is that if it is in your opening hand, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a drawback of having a 7 drop in your starting hand. Especially in in white, because it's hard to get there a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but it makes their first spell a spell that they're either going to... Because obviously they want to keep a good hand. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't have a spell that's worth burning turn one or turn two. So, or they they just might not play spells for a couple of turns until they get a spell that they just don't want. Sure. Um...
1: So of the chancellors, I think let's just go through those. Like, which is your, which is your favorite ability? Like, starting in your hand ability, are there, are there any that stand out to you?
0: Um, the white one obviously is really
1: good. Just because it slows them down, right? It sets you up for a nice control match right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and it it feels. Sort of like a Planeswalker emblem, almost in that, like all of their abilities do, where it's just that good. Yeah, you know, it's there, and there is a way to remove it, so it's not, it's not emblem in that sense.
1: Um, Yeah, I I like the green one starting in hand. Uh, It just feels like it's very green. Like you start out with a little push. Like you know, you can play a two, a two toughness creature right off the bat. Um, Just kind of, or sorry, two mana costed, you know, creature right off the bat. It just seems to give you a little, that little kick that gets green started. I I like the cards because they're all very flavorful, so I kind of enjoy that.
0: Yeah, they are all very deeply rooted in their color, which is nice. Uh, It just it lets you, it, it sets a good tone for the whole set.
1: Yeah. As far as, like, which one I'd want to open, I think I'd definitely want to open the black one. Like, it's Flying, 6-6, Lifelink. Like, if you play that card, you're going to win. Whereas some of the other ones don't really feel like, okay, if I play this, am I guaranteed to win? That one's like, yep. Yeah.
0: And the blue one is good.
1: Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's actually the best one right off the bat, especially in Limited. Because if you have in your starting hand, you know, sending seven of their cards to the graveyard is is pretty good, um, even with all the reanimate and like gravedigger effects. Like I still think that's that's a really solid ability right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I like that they have an ability even if they're if they're never going to see play in a game. Um, yeah, <laughs> the the red one seems really good in a goblin-style deck, in a really fast deck, but then you're forced to play a 7-mana drop creature in a fast yeah, deck.
1: Yeah, which will just never happen. <laughs> which,
0: yeah, hopefully will never happen.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Chancellors are all, you know, limited bombs. Um, but I don't, I don't see them seeing much of any play in Standard. They just cost you know, like, too much. For 7-mana, I'd rather cast Karn. <laughs> I don't know.
0: And we had talked about uh, before the show that the set seems like, or Wizards is doing a good job of getting us ready for Commander this summer.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, high cost, with very
0: flavorful, very color specific cards. Uh, and this set speaks to that really well.
1: Yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump off on that and we'll get right into the Praetors, right? Yeah. So let's start with Elish Norn, uh, this is the one that's been spoiled for the longest, Grand Cenobite, uh, 5 colorless, 2 planes, total mana cost of 7, it's a mythic rare, legendary creature, 4-7, vigilance. and then the real kicker is other creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2, creatures your opponents control get minus 2, minus 2, so clearly an EDH powerhouse. Yeah, it makes your 2 trade with
0: Titans. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty decent. Um, yeah. I mean, if you can take a, a Grizzly Bear and block a Prime with Titan.
1: Yeah, so she's die. good. Clearly pumps your creatures, kills theirs, like, just solid. And now we have the blue one, which actually costs 10 mana. Eight-carless, two islands, legendary creature, Praetor, Jin Jataxius, Core Augur. we will go with that. At the beginning of your end step, draw seven cards. Each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven, and he's a
0: 5-4. Oh, this and
1: he also has flash.
0: <laughs> yeah, this seems like a card that if you're able to flash it in, at the beginning of their end step... There's really no reason you should lose the
1: game. Yeah, if you're able to draw seven cards off of him, uh, yeah. Now, casting him is a whole nother matter. Uh, you know, and I, I see it being very difficult to cast this in limited. Uh, ten mana is pretty prohibitive. Um, and even in standard, ten mana is difficult unless you're playing a pretty dedicated ramp deck or you're cheating him out somehow. But, at the same time, mass polymorph, you know, he's definitely a new, another new target, and he's even in the same color. So, you know, maybe blue finally has a good mass polymorph target.
0: Yeah, instead of having splash for another color. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. So, let's do the next parader. Scrolling through my sheet here. Let's see. Is a
0: the black one?
1: Yep. And that, oh yeah, of course, this is my favorite one uh, by far. Shieldred Whispering 1, 5 colorless, 2 swamps, total Man cost 7, Mythic Rare, Legendary Creature, 6-6 six, six, Swamp Walk. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So, as I was, uh, when I instantly thought about this card, as Wally knows, I instantly got a Raya Dawnbringer which, of course, costs 9, triple white, is a 4-6 flyer, and only has one of these abilities. Uh, This card totally speaks to power creep and magic, but it doesn't matter because she's sick, and I see it... Yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Um,
0: It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I will say that... Some of the predators have an ability that's their color and then like an opposite color. This one is very, very black.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Reanimation you know, the, dead.
0: <laughs> Force sacrifice is, is very black mana. Um, and we we had talked about it before too. Swamp walk seems irrelevant, like Death Touch did on Gray Titan. Sure. Um, it's it's I mean it's great. To get in there and, and hit them, but the fact that you you don't have to deal damage for the ability to take place.
1: Sure, of course.
0: Um, I mean, like again, any if you, and had to, if you had to hit him, evasion, would be amazing.
1: Exactly, any evasion is just kind of like an added bonus with this card, right? Yeah. Like you'd play a six-six for six seven that has these two abilities anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that this is a card I would want to. You know. Just for cards like condemn, just to sit back on your heels and just let
1: it let it do its business. <laughs> let
0: it do its business seems seems smart. Obviously, depending on the matchup, you don't have to worry about condemn.
1: Yeah. So clearly, uh, I think this is definitely going to be cashable and limited. I think Wizards trying to slow down limited. So I think draft sealed seven mana is not going to be an issue. Uh, draft it, play it, like. It's going to be sweet. Um, standard, uh, you know, like, seven mana is right on the verge. Um, seven mana creature is... That's tough to justify with Jace running around. Um, just a simple unsummon. Um, so, but, I mean, hey, like, even if you have to use Jace to kill it, like, you still have to sacrifice a creature. So, you know, definitely, you know, not a bad... Definitely solid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm... The only downside would be if they unsummon it right away because don't they do don't they have to sacrifice a creature
1: during their end step? I uh, know, it's at the beginning of your upkeep.
0: Oh, okay, so. Yeah, it's
1: at the beginning of your opponent's upkeep. Let me just make sure. Way better. Yeah, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So, next one is the one I think you may actually see standard play, and that's Urbras the Hidden. Uh, 3 colorless, 2 reds for total total 9 plus 5 legendary creature predator, and it's a 4-4 four, four. and essentially it has haste because creatures you control have haste and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped so definitely some pretty broken stuff going on with red decks already I just think this adds, what, what do you think?
0: It makes me want to play red in standard,
1: um, <laughs> which is hard just, to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it really is hard to to play red. Um, dedicatedly, I mean, I I would play nothing but red deck wins if I get you know two or three of these cards right away. Yeah. Um, there's there's really just no excuse not to play as many of these as you can. You yeah.
1: Know, or
0: you know, like you you're not going to put four in a deck.
1: Yeah, probably uh, three.
0: Yeah, I don't see any anything wrong with playing three
1: of these ridiculously powerful cards. Yeah, I mean the nice thing too is, and a lot of people talk about this in forums already, but Big Red, this is really a great card for that because I mean you can literally go, you know, like turn one whatever you want, turn two Cargan, turn three Pump Cargan, turn four Koth plus Pump Cargan, turn five play this guy, turn six play Inferno Titan. I mean you can just you know, cycle out just big guys that all have, you know, big impacts on the board, which I think what Red has been missing is they play a lot of guys, but they don't really have, like, large impacts on the board.
0: Yeah, it's just there's too much trading when you're playing the Red deck wins.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, let's see. Now, the last braider, I'm going to go all the way to the end here, is Boren Kleck's Voice of Hunger. I like this card. I like this card too, actually. Definitely find my second favorite behind, uh, well, my favorite's the black one, then the red one, and probably this one. But anyway, costs 8 total mana, 6 Cautilus, 2 Forests, Legendary Creature predator. it's a 7-6 with Trample. And whenever you tap a land for mana, add 1 mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So yes. you essentially it's, have yeah, a Miari's Wake plus a Frost Titan. <laughs> it,
0: it puts you so far ahead because you're doubling your mana. Yeah. And the next turn you're cutting theirs by whatever they
1: just spent. So let me let me ask the rules question now. So you play this. It lives. Your opponent taps two for Doomblade. Does... Do, does that mana untap?
0: I think it does because the effect is not on the battlefield when they go to their untap step. Okay. Uh, but I could be wrong. Obviously, if you know I'm wrong, um, let me know.
1: Yeah, see, I I'm, wanna... I'm not sure. Just curious. Kind of a dumb interaction, but just curious.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, it's... But anyway, it's a huge beater. Another card, like all these Praetors are. If you cast it, you're going to win the game. Um this one is right on the edge of reasonable again, eight mana. Um yeah, totally castable. In green
0: right now is very playable. I mean we play fifteen casting costed creatures in room <laughs> Exactly. And it's not out of the question to be able to play those on turn six or seven. Yeah. Uh so there's there's really no reason you can't get to eight on turn five.
1: Yeah. The, you know, which
0: would make playing your fifteen casting cost creatures bad much easier with <laughs> this guy. If I have
1: a gripe about him, I have to say that his first ability is almost like a win-more ability at that point, right? I mean, if you have a 7-6 Trampler, then they're not getting to untap their lands if they play anything.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't really know what else you're going to play.
0: (laughs) I mean, you already have 8 mana. Is 16 that much better?
1: Exactly. but But... You know, one of the deck ideas I'm running through my head is basically red-green ram with some fireball effects, and, you know, so maybe there's a place for it, but, you know, we'll see. So, anyway, that concludes the Praetor set. Uh, what is your rundown volume as far as, you know, which ones you like you know, best to worst for the Praetors? Uh,
0: I think the green one is, is up there. Uh, the red one's probably number one. Uh, strictly based on standard playability Sure, yeah uh, Followed by The green one um, you know, the, the black one is three And it's kind of a toss up uh, The blue one is Awesome Yeah <laughs> uh, I don't see myself ever Casting that spell
1: No, cheating it in um, maybe
0: <laughs> cheating, cheating it in
1: yeah. Definitely
0: gonna try uh, At least once um, that being said, the white one really only feels like it's going to be great in Commander.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But not not to say that, you know, we're not going to have some deck where Squadron Hawks are three threes. <laughs> hey, um, it could happen. But, you know, um, to get to triple white. Double um, white. Oh, double white. Yeah, because, they're all double. I mean, double white is is one of the hardest costs to get to, but maybe not on turn seven.
1: Yeah, you know? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, so I I like the black one the best. I I just love the the abilities. I mean, and then probably uh, probably the red one just for its playability. Um, then I actually, I like the white one. Um, just I like the art. It's it's a cool looking card. It's got you know the abilities are cool again. And then probably the blue one because. You know, I've always wanted to draw seven cards, <laughs> and uh, then probably the green one. And, and you know, as you guys listen to this podcast, you'll find out that I'm not a big green player. So, <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to what I think, you know, could be my favorite card of the set as we work our way through. You go back up to white here. Costs one white. It's called Dispatch. And you tap target creature, it's an instant. However, if you have Metalcraft, you can exile that creature. So, control three more artifacts, tap one white, exile target creature. Um, so, I love it. I love Path to Exile. I love Swords of Plowshares. Um, any instant speed, efficiently cost removal, I'm a fan of. I love this card. This is a great,
0: great spell. Super flavorful.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, um, uh, yeah. Why do you read the flavor text? It's it's good. Do you have it up? I have yeah. it up.
0: Yeah, just flavor text alone. I'll go ahead and read it here. Uh, Spencer wondered if it would still be called a teleportation spell if the destination is Oblivion. Uh, obviously, the card was meant to be played with Metalcraft.
1: Yes. <laughs> um,
0: they they really are putting up uh, the the few. Mirren spells in the set are quite good uh, a lot of them are, are very very good they're they're showing that they still have a little fight left in them obviously uh, to leave us a chance to come back to Mirren at a later date and it's I don't know I mean even tap target creature for one light, white mana is really good
1: yeah that's acceptable I mean does so it say anything something is, It's
0: limited playable in that tap fart creature, you know, Alpha Strike.
1: Sure, but as we'll share later, I think we have, you know, we have the cards to get Metalcraft online and do it in a deck that's still tier one.
0: Definitely. So, There's anyway. Definitely a chance to.
1: And that brings us to this. the next card, uh, which is Pure Steel Paladin. Uh, oh, for this man. podcast, we're mostly going to be covering the commons, uncommons, and rares that we think are standard playable. And this one certainly is. Two white mana, creature, human, knight. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. Metalcraft, equipment you control have equip of zero as long as you control three or more artifacts. And he's a 2-2. So right away... It for 2 that
0: does
1: something. Yeah. I mean, great. right away we are, you know, this is a, a block dominated by Cawblade, uh, which plays two, three, sometimes four equipment in the main board. Uh, it plays the swords. Uh, it plays tumble magnets, which is not a far stretch to imagine getting metal craft and being able to freely move your equipment around, which means you can cast Planeswalkers earlier, just enables... What could be a lot of broken stuff, a lot of more card draw for this deck, so you know, obviously we haven't had time to play it. Um, but I you know, I I, uh, I think it's definitely a solid card and we'll have to see. Testing will prove whether or not, you know, it's gonna you know, make a big dent in the in the format. Yeah, it's it's funny, I I don't think I noticed
0: that it was a night. Until you said something You know
1: I, I did not either As I was reading it I yeah, I think I emphasized human knight And I was like oh okay <laughs> uh,
0: So there, there might be uh, Knights got Got big in the casual the Kitchen table world uh, I got to play against a couple of them At, at standard tournaments um, And and they're, they're Very kitchen table playable uh, This card And some equipment might make yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make Knights a little bit yeah. better.
1: No, I mean, Knights felt, you know, maybe one, two cards away from being, you know, pretty solid. And, you know, maybe go off the Knight theme a little bit and go on to, like, the Stoneforge Mystic and this guy and, you know, a lot of equipment. and I don't know. So I, anyway, I
0: think this card will uh, we'll definitely see some, some kitchen table casual room magic yeah. play right away.
1: Oh, and, and also, this is my top five of the art category for the set. I love the art; it's it's really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, when when they first when I first saw the the spoiler for this card, I really was hoping that we were going to see an alternate art like a
1: yeah, like a the Mirror Crusader,
0: the to buy a box or
1: yeah, me too,
0: something similar. But
1: but it's Phyrexian. <laughs> the yeah, set's Phyrexia. I, I'm also very
0: happy with the. The cards we're getting as promos
1: for the set already. Yeah. So. alright, so we're gonna move into blue. We've already talked about their Chancellor and their Praetor, so let's start with, of course, a counter spell. Let's start with Corrupted Resolve. One colorless and one blue. Instant counter target spell if its controller is poisoned. So <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. brings the blue black poison strategy a nice little bonus uh definitely brings any poison strategy a nice little bonus, whether or not standard playable, I think totally depends on whether or not you know a poison deck becomes you know tier one or you know becomes consistent enough, obviously with Mock messages flying around um you know it's possible uh so
0: yeah to get get poison you get someone a, one poison damage is not very difficult. No, especially when if you, you have an Ingmoth Nexus.
1: Yeah, if you play one Nexus, I mean it's yeah, it's it's not particularly hard. So anyway, from a
0: standard standpoint you should think about playing one or two in your deck. Yeah. I don't I don't know what deck you're playing. I
1: don't know what deck you you're both, playing but it's pretty much always good. Yep. So the next card is one that I think is had a lot of debate on it you and I have already talked about it once before and you kind of liked it and I came down on the side and they sang a little bit and I've read some more and I'm still not a fan but a lot of people are so I might have to rethink my position eventually but Getaxian Pro it costs 1 Phyrexian Mana which is uh, 1 Phyrexian Blue Mana which is uh, 1 blue or 2 life and it's a sorcery and you look at target player's hand and then you draw a card. So essentially you get to look at their hand, and then this card replaces itself in another card. And if you choose to, you can do this all for two life and no mana. So of course the you know obvious thing is look at their hand and see, you know, what they have. Uh, you know, can you run out your Titan? Do they have the counter spell? Uh, you know, is your Baneslayer angel safe? Do they have the Doom Blade? you know, look at their hand before you duress to see if you're wasting the duress, and you get to do it for two life. So if they do have something relevant, then you not only can trip, but you can also duress them. <laughs> I yeah, think that's th- where
0: I thought it was, was really great was the 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 two life so it doesn't interrupt your curve if you have to do it late because you can just go ahead and pay two life.
1: Mm-hmm. I like
0: this out of the sideboard with memory side.
1: Yeah, yeah. get more value on your member side. I mean, sometimes you name, you know, Prime primeval Titan. and, you know, they grab four out of their library and, you know, that's, it's obviously still good, but, you know, if you get one out of your hand, that's, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
0: Plus, I mean, I, I think I will pay two life and draw a card most days. There's, there's not very many situations. Yeah. We're not
1: willing to take a little damage to draw an extra card. Exactly. and no, I agree. Uh, I think the biggest thing I'm thinking about this was will it you know, will it fit in somebody's sixty cards? And I imagine somebody's gonna make it fit. You know, it's it's a card that uh they're definitely gonna be experimented with and played, you know, it's basically like almost like you know, preordained five through eight. Obviously not as good as preordained, but you know, just more card draw, you know, a little trickery. Yeah, it's definitely being played in a control deck. So, you know, I think the jury is still out. Definitely an interesting card. If it cost one blue and that was it, I would not be a fan. But the two life makes it, you know, very intriguing.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. Why would you draw one card that you could preordain?
1: But
0: you could do both on your first turn if you really wanted to. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So the next card is Mental Misstep. Again, one Pharxian mana, one Pharxian blue mana. And it's counter-target spell with converted mana cost of one. Now, this podcast is about standard magic and a little bit unlimited magic. So, to be honest, we don't cover legacy, we don't know legacy, in fact, we've never played legacy. So, that's, I think, about all we need to say about this card, (laughs) because it seems to be a legacy staple. So what I will be doing is getting them and trading them to legacy players for things I need for standard.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, so we'll just move there's, on. <laughs> there's really
0: no no reason to to counter their preordained their turn one preordained
1: Yeah, so, at, I mean at this point, Countering a
0: lightning bolt would be decent.
1: Yeah, but it's it's so niche that even then
0: it's, you're, you'd yeah, it's, it's your. You'd rather just use spell really here. It, <laughs> To to be able to play a spell that says counter target spell in a deck that's not blue is very cool. I already
1: am going to be playing blue, so I don't know that I need this card. Exactly. So let's see the next card that's somewhat standard, playable. You know, there's a lot of good limited stuff, but we're not going to cover that today. Maybe the next one. I think Psychic Barrier is definitely a sideboard card. Um, Counter Target Creature Spell. It's a controller loses one life. Um, I mean, just a, a hard counter for you know two for two mana. Um, it's always solid. The one life seems like a toss-in. It's kind of a little sub-theme they have going on in the set. Um, playable. Obviously, you know what decks to bring it in. Creature heavy. So we'll just move on. Uh, the next yeah. one, its Gambit. Uh, three colorless and one Phyrexian. Draw two cards then proliferate. Uh, definitely a solid card. Uh, we'll have to see kind of how it plays out. Um, But I love card draw. Anytime I'm drawing cards, and then I get this little bonus proliferate, it seems good.
0: Yeah, the set makes me want to, you know, go check my worldwake box and make sure I have enough chalices.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. So now getting on to the powerhouse color, which is black. First card I think we're going to cover today is also probably my t- one of my top five of the set, which is Despise. It costs one black mana. Sorcery speed is an uncommon, and its target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a creature or planeswalker card from it. That player discards that card. I mean, it's Duress, Inquisition, Dotzies. Now we have Despise, and this one is. You know, just takes care of planeswalkers, which is pretty much one of the best things in magic.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, they told us, you know, that they were going to print some answers to planeswalkers.
1: Yeah, I and mean, they. This, this is, is
0: definitely one of them. Definitely
1: one of them, yeah. So. Super happy about it. Um, definitely going to be played. I know they're already going for $4. I think that's probably fair, to be honest. That's about where it's going to end up. I mean, Inquisition's at three fifty. Um, dollars it was an uncommon. Did the same thing. So get them, hold on to them, or trade them to me.
0: Yeah, I'll we'll, trade we'll them to take you. all of them. Yeah,
1: uh, we pay, you too. Send us an
0: email. We'll, we'll put our email up in the show notes and send <laughs> us an email. If you want to send us all your despises, we'll take them.
1: So uh, let's see. So some more standard playable. uh, couple interesting quick cards. Enslave, very flavorful. Love the card. Love the flavor. I'll let you read it, but uh, I'm a fan. Uh, Evil presence. Uh, it's definitely a valid answer for anyone looking to get into the mono black control. It's uh, definitely something you might want to check out. Um, Death's verdict is another very interesting card. It's uh, two double black. Instant speed, which I didn't even realize the first time I saw it, but it is instant speed, and it's target player sacks a creature and loses one life. So Yeah, I,
0: when I read it, it just, it screamed sorcery to me.
1: It did, and um, that, yeah, I was completely surprised And I was just reading it now, I saw it was instant speed.
0: The fact that it's an instant makes this not only a phenomenal limited removal spell.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly, especially because it's that common. I mean... <laughs> Very yeah, good. I mean,
0: it's, you know, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, sacking a creature is is great, um, especially if you can, you know, if they play their 2-drop or 3-drop and it's their first creature of the game. Like, yeah. Very good.
1: All right, so now we're about to get to the one card that I hope to open every time I play a limited event in this set. And that's life's finale. Cross four colorless double black. Destroy all creatures. Then search target opponent's library for up to three creature cards and put them into his his or her graveyard. Then that player shuffles his or her library. I fully believe that if you successfully resolve this spell there is no chance you will ever lose that game. Um, I, I'm going to
0: have to agree. I mean, we've <laughs> discussed it at length that Day of Judgment and Wrath of God, to the same effect, are are phenomenal spells.
1: Yeah. Now this it's a...
0: not only does that, but takes their bombs.
1: Yeah, you get to go have search. And kills them. Yeah, search their deck for whatever relevant creatures they have left, pull them out, <laughs> and then keep playing the game. I don't know, I d I can't say another way to describe it. This it's just a fantastic card. I think it's the best limited card in the set. So does this
0: make Gruesome Encore playable?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually not going
0: not going in and fishing their bombs out of their graveyards. Sure. Either. I
1: mean if you have this and you want to play Gruesome Encore, I say more power to you. <laughs>
0: I think it might be your one chance to play Grues of Encore and really, really get to play
1: it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, the next standard card, uh, which gets infinitely better in a post-Jace world, is Phyrexian Obliterator. It's four swamps, it's a 5-5 trampler, but the kicker is whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator... That source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. So, obviously right now with Jace running around, this card's a little tricky because it kind of falls into that same role that Abyssal Persecutor did. You play it, they Jace it. You play it, they Jace it. And it just doesn't really work. But, clearly, a force to be reckoned with in a post-Jace world.
0: I mean, even in the in the set where we have so many potential answers to Planeswalkers not knowing exactly how they're going to play out because we do have a lot of a lot of new counter spells that's true counter spells
1: stock. and discard spells I mean you could just clear the way for this guy using your first three turns and on turn four drop this you know so unless they top deck you, you know you could be good to go
0: yeah this card would have been much better if they never printed go for the throw yes <laughs> um but I'm I'm glad they did because this this card would be terrifying to have dropped
1: on the other side of the table. Yeah. Well I mean Mono Black Control certainly seems to be a deck to me. I'm gonna play it. Uh, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Discards and all sorts of fun stuff. And this would definitely be one of my finishers. So maybe this and a couple of grave titans and uh, I would be good to go. <laughs>
0: Looking at this card, I almost forget about Grave Titan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, it's 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 pretty good, and it only costs four mana, so all black, but still only four mana.
0: If all you're using is swamps, four black, very gettable.
1: All right. So speaking about curving out into this guy, we have Praetor's Grasp, which is one colorless and two swamps. Search target opponent's library for a card, exile it face down. Then that player shuffles their library. You may look at it and play that card for as long as it remains exiled. So if you really want to clear the way, you want to get a little something for yourself. It's kind of a fun card. I would say much more sideboard, um, but you know, something to consider.
0: Now you can't you can't play their card. Oh yeah,
1: you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you yeah you exile it, and oh. you can look at it. You can only look at it, and then you can play it.
0: Yeah, I was say, even if you just take something of theirs, just just as a mind game.
1: Sure, you know, I mean you can just take like a go in the, the in the late
0: game, be like, oh, i you know they have this out. You can go in and fish it out, or you can go in in the early game and just take a land.
1: Sure, yeah, exactly. And I mean just, it's a black ramp. Just play style. that
0: mind game.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it does a lot, uh so anyway, so it could be something no, no, no know. it's not really you know card it feels a little more combo to me, but uh you know, definitely a sideboard and then the next one, following black's theme, this is the card I think has caused a lot of discussion. uh you and I are both big fans, um some other people are seem to be not so much, but surgical extraction, one black Phyrexian mana, which is again a swamp or two, loss of two life. Choose target card in a graveyard other than a basic land card. Search his owner's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of cards of the same name as that card in exile. Then that player shuffles his or her library. So the obvious implications are turn one, play duress, inquisition, uh, oh my god, I forgot the name of it, despise, put Jace, primeval titan, stoneforge mystic, Squadron Hawk, something like that, into their graveyard, then pay two life to remove them off in that game. Uh, I mean,
0: to be able to turn off a deck's plan, sure, on turn one, yeah, is amazing.
1: I mean, Memoricide costs four, right? And so this is right. basically memoriciding for you know one other for two cards, two life, and one mana. So it, it, uh, I think that kind of a combination is devastating. Um, you know, having played against Valakit with their Titans removed, it's you're not afraid of anything anymore. Having played against you know Jace when you don't have any Jaces left in your deck, it's just not a hard matchup. <laughs> uh, so I think it could be a ridiculous card.
0: Now, what I like most about this card is it says. Uh, you know choose a card other than a non or other than a basic land. Yeah. Which so means they use one tectonic edge. Yeah. Get all their tectonic edge. If sure. you tech edge their valicate, get all their valicate.
1: Oh yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So, anyway that concludes black. Now we're going to red. Uh, in my opinion red got a little skimmed over, Well there's a couple cards worth mentioning. Uh, the, the art is hilarious. The art definitely gets a little funnier, uh, although I think it has the card with the best art in the set as well, uh, which we'll get to, but to start out with, this pretty cool art is Geo Surge, which costs 4 red mana, and you get to add, let me count them up, I think it's, set, let's say it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, so yeah, 7 red mana to your mana pool. Sorcery speed, so it costs 4 red mana, then you get to add 7, so it's a straight up ritual. I don't know, it's just explosive red mana, again, you know, going back to our big red theme, like, you can really cast a lot of stuff with 7 red mana.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get to, you get to 4 mountains and you play Karn, you can use it minus ability Koth. And play, Oh, you know, cough. yeah, and play this card, and then cast Carn. <laughs> you can cast... You can, no, you can't cast a Karn, because it's not an artifact or creature spell.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I messed that up. Yeah, you're right, you're right.
0: Um, but you can cast the...
1: You can cast the
0: ...Chancellor, which... Sure. ...is not great. Um, I don't know if that's what you would be playing. But you
1: could cast the Praetor.
0: <laughs> you could cast the Praetor and a kicked Bushwhacker.
1: Sure. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's definitely... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... This card seems... I don't know, it's waiting for somebody to break it, so good luck. What
0: about <laughs> Chalice for three and a Goblin Guide? Yeah, sure. I like that, I think I like that
1: one. So, the, 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 this is the card I hinted at, I think it's the best art in the set. Uh, it's a gorgeous card, I think part of the reason it works so well is because of the new, this new kind of Phyrexian artifact background is so cool on it, and that's Molten Steel Dragon. Now, the card itself, you know, it's good. It's, a, it's obviously a good rare um, and limited, um, but it's not, you know, I don't expect it to be a stand- powerhouse in standard. But it costs 4 colorless and 2 red Phyrexian mana, and it's a 4-4 flying dragon. And uh, it also has fire breathing uh, for 1 Phyrexian red mana, and you can use that as many times as you want. So I hope you check it out. Uh, maybe you won't like it as much as I do, but I think it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah,
0: the art alone merits a playmat. So yes, Ultra Pro uh, yes. makes playmat.
1: Yes, listen, listen, listen to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, card worth mentioning, super quick, is Priest of Urabask. It's free. I like free cards. <laughs> you, uh, it's a two-one. Costs three mana to play, two colorless and one mountain, but then you get to add three mountains when it enters the battlefield. So, I like free stuff.
0: Free is free is good.
1: Uh, we already mentioned the Praetor, uh, which, unfortunately, in my opinion, is probably the last red card worth mentioning.
0: I'm gonna have to agree with you there. With uh, Flayer, if you're gonna play artifacts. You have a pyroclasm that doesn't kill your guys. it will be good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now it's that's uh, I include that in my set review. Definitely a possible sideboard card um, if you want a pyroclasm. You know, in your artifact deck, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah,
0: but that's that's about it. I, yeah. I don't see it getting much use because we do have pyroclasm.
1: So we move on to green. And this is actually quite surprising for Trevor because he normally does not like green cards at all. But we get to an incredibly powerful green card right off the bat, Beast Within. Two colorless, one forest, instant speed uncommon. Destroy target permanent. Its controller puts a 3-3 green beast creature token onto the battlefield. It's
0: not even fair. Uh, it's just so good, so versatile. Um, yeah. I mean, a three-mana Vindicate is awesome. The drawback seems negligible. You know, giving them the 3-3 three, three token is not a big deal in a world of Lightning Bolt and Jace and stuff that unsummons.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just see so many times where... Gideon gets in the way, and this card is just a great answer. It's like, nope, like I'm not going to attack Gideon. I'm going to attack your face, and Gideon's dead. <laughs> like, yes, you can block with your three three, but I'm coming across with my six six. Um, Go
0: ahead and kill your beast. That is fine.
1: Yeah, I, I just see a lot of applications for this card. It's super versatile. It's super powerful. I'm surprised they printed it, but they did. So enjoy. <laughs>
0: yeah, it from a. Visual standpoint, this this card in the set gives me the coolest mental picture it does. of what the spell does. Yes, you know I just picture this giant Ferexian wolf emerging from Gideon's chest, and Gideon hits the floor, and the beast just takes <laughs>
1: off. Exactly. Um, so one card that I skipped over the first time I saw it, and then I thought, well, what deck is dominant right now in Standard, and that's Corrosive Gale. Toss X. And one Phyrexian green mana, and it deals X damage to each creature with flying. So, when thinking about how much Hawks Squadron Hawks, to be exact, or Dominating Standard, I you know I think this card has some kind of playability. Am I saying it's going to be a standard staple? No, but I think it deserves to be experimented with.
0: Uh, I think it can be in the sideboard of any deck that is afraid of Clawblade.
1: Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I mean, turn three, you can kill as many equipped hawks as they've been able to play.
1: Yeah. So, the next card that completely confuses me, because it seems like it's sweet, and then they toss on like, one extra ability that I think is dumb, is malyra silvok Outcast. Uh, like we said, uh, Wizards is definitely trying to support EDH, so they print some legendaries, and here's a legendary for you. Cost 1 colorless and 1 green for total mana cost of 2. It's a legendary creature, human scout. You can't get poison counters. Creatures you control can't have minus 1, minus 1 counters placed on them. And then they kill it by giving creatures your opponents control lose infect. And this is all in a 2-2 body. So... <laughs> It goes through all this trouble of giving your creatures pro-infect, and you pro-infect, and then it takes infect away from your opponent. <laughs> yeah, and
0: it, it turns their creatures into something that can now deal damage to yeah. you and your creatures. That now
1: attack you. So, uh, I, I guess I just don't understand. I, I do understand maybe the card would have been too powerful, you know, had it you know, had not had that last ability. But I would have rather it cost, you know, maybe, like, double green and one, then, and not have the, I don't know. I think they missed yeah. a little. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: I, the only real, I mean, there's there's two upsides I can see, is that it protects from stuff like virulent wound, uh, and little stuff like that. But it, it also, infect creatures if you only look at their power and toughness, are not very effectively costed. True. And so, from a limited standpoint, it's pretty good. And then you can sit there, you know, if they're all in fact, you know, just sit there and take a bunch of damage. Mm -hmm. And then block, and then, you know, you're back at ten.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, it's a card that gives you a little bit of flexibility with your life. Yeah, Um, that's
0: about this is another one of those cards that outside of of draft and maybe or outside of sealed and maybe draft, uh, I don't really see myself wanting to play it.
1: No, not yeah, unless in fact it gets super popular and I play green, both of which I don't see happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next card that's pretty sweet Um, I actually really like it, It is Triumph of the Hordes. And it's a sorcery, costs 4 total mana, 2 colorless and 2 green. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1, gain trample, and infect. So, this is basically like an overrun of infection, uh, which seems pretty powerful to me. Uh, considering there's many a time in standard matches even where I'm staring down 10 power and I'm not really very afraid. But if this hits the board, all of a sudden that 10 power is looking pretty deadly. Yeah. Especially when all I have up are my chump-blocking (laughs) swiderhawks.
0: Yeah, and of course you don't have the the sword on it, so it's not pro-green at the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So... Moving away from green, we get to the only gold card of the set, uh, which is, again, one of my top favorite art cards. I think it's just, it's a cool shot, uh, got a lot of flavor, cool picture, well done. Uh, but it's Jor the Prevailer, costs, he's a legendary creature, human warrior, costs five mana, three colorless, one red and one white, he's a 5-4. Again, wizard supporting EDH. He has First Strike and a Metalcraft ability. Metalcraft, creatures you control get plus three, plus zero, as long as you control three or more artifacts. So, if you have Metalcraft on, he costs five mana, and he's an 8-4 First Striker, which is pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you, the art, he obviously is made to play with the sword from this set. Yes. Um, that I've, that alone, just the art of the card makes me want it.
1: Um, and they printed it, it at rare, which I thought was awesome.
0: Yeah, I think it's,
1: it's only I think a rare a good
0: move on their part to, I, yeah. to help push EDH.
1: Yeah, they're pushing EDH, they're making the card accessible. I think it's like a win-win.
0: It's pretty bomb and limited. A 5-4 first striker is is always good and limited. Yeah, exactly. Like it's dual colored.
1: And because you'll be drafting this set first, which is pretty sweet, um, you'll actually be able to draft this because then it will push you into your nice little red-white aggro deck. Um, so yeah, play
0: your Burn the impure, play your Arrest, play your exactly. artifact spells. Yeah. And well,
1: it's, just su- it's super nice to have a card like this drafted first, right? Because you know then that third pack rolls around and you're like total green black and fact and you open Venser. And you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to keep it, obviously, but <laughs> it's but just I a bummer that it. I can't actually play it. So, it's nice to print have cards like this be in your first pack. So, and the next card is a Mythic Rare. It is an equipment. It costs five mana, and it's called Batterskull. Skull. <laughs> Which is a hilarious name, and I actually think the artwork's pretty funny too, <laughs> in fact, I can't even really decipher what's going on
0: <laughs> i I keep looking for the germ in this picture
1: yes, like
0: like where does this tiny zero zero creature driving this giant equipment fit in? yeah, he must I have' sit haven't found it sounded yet, but when when I Hopefully, when I see
1: the card, there'll be a tiny little germ somewhere in the cockpit of the Batter Skull. And yeah, I'll get a good laugh at it. I agree. I agree. There's some growth on its back. Maybe, maybe that's the germ. But anyway, <laughs> card costs five <laughs> colorless mana. It's an artifact equipment. It's a living weapon. And equipped creature gets plus four or plus four and has vigilance and life link. You can pay three mana and return battery Skull to its owner's hand, and then you can equip it for five. So clearly. Um, you know, the best use of this card is turn two Stoneforge Mystic, get this card, turn three, cheat it onto the battlefield, and on turn three you have a 4-4 four four Vigilance Life Linker, which is, as I put it, a bastard child of Baneslayer Angel and Sarah Angel.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, just lost his wings.
1: And it's also difficult to remove, because you can always bounce it back to your hand. Um, the equip cost is pretty high, um, but just the power and toughness it puts on the battlefield is, it's pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you can always, you know, if, if you don't feel like equipping it, you know, to turn your guy dies, bounce it back to your hand, play it, get a new guy. Exactly. Have a couple more, uh, enter the graveyard triggers from your token.
1: <laughs> exactly. So a card worth mentioning, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if its playability is Cage Sun. Definitely an EDH card, definitely a fun card, Um, but you know it's kind of Miari's Wake um, and colorless. So Uh, another card on this artifact page is Darksteel Relic. Great metalcraft enabler. Just not sure if you're going to waste that many spots in your deck for a card that literally does nothing. Um, when especially when Mox Opal is running around, and at least you can play zero casting cost artifact that does possibly something.
0: How do you feel about turning this into a creature with... Um,
1: oh, TEDs, yeah. No, that's a good idea.
0: With, with Ted's a uh, 5-5 Indestructible Seeds.
1: Yeah, uh, that's...
0: It's pretty playable. In a
1: world without Jace, I gets it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Seems like we say that a lot right now. In a world without Jace, a lot of cards become much more fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this is coming from two people that that play Jace as much Non-stop. as possible.
1: Yeah. So uh, Etch Monstrosity is an interesting card. I did not realize it was mythic uh, the first time I saw it. it. Costs five mana. Comes in the battlefield with five one one minus one minus one counters on it, and it's a ten ten creature. If you pay one mana of every color, you get to remove five minus one minus one counters from it. And target player draws three cards. So, for all you five-color EDH players out there, I hope you enjoy, and I hope you never play this on me.
0: Yeah. I I really wanted this to be one Phyrexian mana of each color. I did, too. Yeah. Um, because then it then it's playable. And I don't know that getting a, a 10, 10, and three cards for five mana and 10 life is
1: broken? No, I, yeah, I don't think so either. I think it would have you know, been very flavorful. And the card is, the art is actually really, really cool. Really well done. Yeah. As the five suns in the background, it looks like a badass golem creature guy. <laughs> it's it's a cool card, for sure.
0: Was the, do you think, at being, this card being golem, was it printed to encourage us to play a five-color uh, splicer deck?
1: Uh, I certainly hope not. <laughs> it's not what I'll we'll be doing. i
0: myself building it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure someone somewhere is brewing. Good luck. <laughs> exactly.
1: So uh, the next card that is gained a lot of hype is Hex Parasite. And it is a 1-1 that costs one colorless artifact creature insect. Costs X and 1, or sorry, and then its ability is X and 1 Phyrexian, black mana. Remove up to X counters from target permanent. For each counter removed, Hex Parasite gets plus 1, plus 0. So clearly a Jace Killer, Tumble Magnet Drainer. If you have counters, this guy will take him.
0: I mean, it, it also it heals your creatures that have been damaged by insects.
1: Sure, yeah, that's a good point. Six, uh, yeah.
0: It takes counters off Edge Monstrosity, which we just talked about. Yeah, that's
1: true, that's true.
0: Um, it just, it seems pretty good. I I think in a, in a world where Gideon is making this guy attack, you only have to take half of his counters to be able to kill him. Mm-hmm because he gains that much sure. power.
1: I Yeah, I think the problem I have with him is that it actually does cost a lot of mana. That if you play him, you know, in response to someone playing a Jace, you're, you know, you, you have to pay a lot of mana to be able to drain that Jace. In fact, you know, if they play Jace and you go turn five and they plus their Jace, like, you can't even kill their Jace. <laughs> So
0: Yeah, it does force them to kind of play around this, though. They're they're not going to get that free Brainstorm if they are playing around Hex Parasite. Sure, sure. Which, you know, normally in a deck that's black, you know, unless there's an immediate threat on the board, you're going to want to get that free Brainstorm in. Yeah. But now with Hex Parasite, you know, I think everyone, you know, I think the go-to move instead of Brainstorm...
1: It's going to be fate seal, which isn't as powerful. Yeah, no, I agree. So, uh, I think it comes back on Chase a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I ultimately think he, he's going to cost too much mana. Um, but I think he's definitely, you know, he's he's an answer. He's he's one of the many answers. I don't think he's the route I'm going to choose to fight with. <laughs> I'm going dress despise, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I agree.
0: I'm going to try and try and play beast with him.
1: I think it's my answer. <laughs> there you go. So, the next card we have is for the Mono Black Control player. It will be one of their finishing cards. It's Lash Wraith. Oh. Costs 4 colorless mana. It's an artifact equipment. It's a rare. It's a living weapon. The equipped creature gets plus 1 plus 1 for each swamp you control. And its equip crossed is 2 black Phyrexian mana. Seems good.
0: (laughs) It seems really good.
1: It seems really good. I mean, uh, basically, you know, the turn you play it, you're getting a 4-4 creature if you're playing Mono Black Control. Um, You know, if if it gets knocked off and put back on, you know, you're probably, it's probably giving plus 6, plus 6. I mean, in Mono Black Control, it's almost a better Bone Horde. And the equip cost is more flexible than Bonehorde, too. So, uh.
0: I agree. I'm as we're looking at cards for mono black control, and we're talking about it. It seems like it's going to be a very affordable, potentially tier one back.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only you know the mythics are you know maybe Soren, Liliana, Obliterator, and that you know that's maybe yeah, I mean, maybe see, a Grave Titan. I Obliterator
0: falls in value. Uh, I'm a little curious on um, Yeah But it it just seems that If you want to play a control deck um, And you want to Probably beat You know the call blade deck You know beat the Jace deck Because you have the hand disruption uh, It seems like a good way to do it
1: Yeah I agree So we gotta move down a little bit on our list here And we get to an uncommon And it's a little inconspicuous Doesn't look like much Uh, But as Wally and I were playing this out in our heads last night when we saw these spoilers, Surge Node uh, turns out to be quite the card. It costs one colorless mana. It's an artifact. It enters the battlefield with six charge counters on it. You pay one mana and tap it to remove a charge counter from Surge Node and put a charge counter on target artifact. So our logic goes a little something like this in that control... Metalcraft deck that we mentioned before that gets your dispatch going. Turn 1, play Surge Node. Turn 2, play Land. Play your Everflowing Chalice for 1. Use that Chalice and Surge Node to put a Charge Counter on your Chalice, so then it's going to tap for 2 next turn. In your next turn, this is turn 3, mind you, you have a possible 5 mana. So you can theoretically roll out a turn 3... Gideon Jura Uh, Benser Um, Baneslayer Angel (laughs) Which seems pretty ridiculous Or, to make matters even worse You could roll out a turn 3 Jace Use Surge Node one more time on your Chalice And then roll out a turn 4 Karn
0: Yeah, that's a That is a situation in which you just Pick up your cards, I think. <laughs> scoop, the scoop step uh, has split second. And you can do it whenever you want. Uh, they can't respond to it, so that's a good time to use that ability.
1: Exactly. I, I, uh, obviously, in conjunction with Chalice, this is very good. Tumble Magnet, you know, it, it's quite solid. Um, and both those cards are, are, I would say, control staples. Um, I will definitely be brewing with this and seeing if I can break it open because I believe that to be a tier 1 deck you have to have hands that are unbeatable. And while blue-white control has some very good hands right now, I don't think it has ones that are unbeatable. But I think this this card right here could turn that tide and make a tier 1 control deck that is simply unbeatable.
0: Yeah, Pick up your chalices now. They're already $2. Exactly. You know, another dollar.
1: Yeah, and Mox Opal's too. After
0: this gets broken open.
1: Mox Opal, I mean, at any point there, which we didn't even mention, like, you could throw down a Mox Opal. And now you're ramped to 6 mana on turn 3. So, anyway. I
0: honestly didn't even cross my mind. (laughs) That's so ridiculous.
1: So, yeah. It
0: seems. I mean, mostly because we were doing it with Uncommon. <laughs> I think is what Yeah, we are I mean, it's, just
1: it's not map. out of the
0: question to have this pop up.
1: Exactly. So, so anyway, next card is Sword of War and Peace. Now, there's a lot of hype, obviously a ton of speculation. Did it live up? I'll let you decide, but I'll read it to you. It costs three mana. Artifact equipment. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two and has protection from red and from white. Whenever an equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, Sword of War and Peace deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in his or her hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand, Equip cost of two. So I instantly thought of uh, Lightning Helix to their face as being probably about the average you're going to get when you hit them with this. Yeah, um,
0: pro-white seems very relevant in and- in the coblate mirror. Yeah. Um, pro red, I mean, turns off the lightning bolt. You stick <laughs> this guy on a mirror crusader. You know, their only answer is jace. Yep. Which is which is a good answer. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um but it's just uh, it it's obviously it's not as as broken wide open as untapping all your lands.
1: No, but but it definitely puts you ahead It's very good The protection's super relevant You know, I mean There's been a lot of games where you and I have played I mean, you, you You know, you get to attack with your equipped creature On turn four And they don't have, you know They don't have the right card to block it And so you just push through And on turn four, like, it's not uncommon For them to have five cards in their hand And for you to have five that's a 10-point life swing. I mean, that's definitely, <laughs> you know... Yeah, on
0: top of the the three or so that you just dealt them.
1: Yeah, so, you know, on turn four, you could deal them eight and gain five. So that's better than Baneslider Angel, kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's... Coming from you, that is saying something.
1: Yeah. So the last two cards um, worth mentioning are Torpor Orb. And by the way, this is... Again, this is just for standard, obviously there's a ton of cards in here that are playable for limited, please read our set reviews. Uh, Torpor Orb costs 2 colorless mana, it's an artifact, and creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Clearly an answer to Titans, Stoneforge Mystic, blah 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 blah. I think it's going to be very good on the play.
0: How about All Allies?
1: All allies, good. If you ever lost to a pain-in-the-ass allies deck, as I have, boom. Start packing these in your sideboard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it turns off Squadron Hawk's ability, yep. um, you know, Landfall.
1: Yeah, yeah. no. You know, it
0: makes Lotus, I mean, this deck in the sideboard will beat Valkit by itself.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's...
0: Especially if you're not packing equipment, or artifacts in game one, if you're playing a deck that doesn't run a lot of equipment, so they're not boarding in their nature's claims, or their extra acidic lines, exactly. or whatever their plan is. Or even if
1: they do, having the nature's claim this, and then you put a sword into play, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Let let me keep my sword, you take out my defensive guard, give me my offensive guard.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the last card, and this is nothing that I'll probably ever figure out, but I'm sure some of you mm-hmm. brewers out there will, is Unwinding Clock. It costs four colorless mana. I think the art is gorgeous, super cool. Definitely going to have a couple in a binder just for that. And it's an artifact, and you get to untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untap step. Like I said, I know there's a combo out there, I know EDH players will want this, like, really want this. <laughs> uh, so good luck.
0: <laughs> I mean, we were talking about the search node chalice combo.
1: Oh, sure, this is, yeah. I mean, if you can call I mean, us instant it, mana.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you play your chalice, like, you know, like if, you know, wherever you're at, then they untap, you untap, and you add another counter to your chalice, so you are ramping during in So You know, in multiplayer, like, in an EDH game... Or in a multiplayer game To be able to do To Ramp your chalice up You know If you do it three times Is is Bonkers I mean It's really good
1: Yep Completely agree So That's the whole set From a standard perspective Um, Clearly there's going to be Some cards we missed I think we highlighted A lot of the big ones Maybe even gave you too much tech with our surge node. Figuring out in our blue-white metalcraft deck that we'll be hitting an FNM soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to post our pictures, so you don't know it's us until after we play the deck a couple of times. <laughs> so if you're if you're local and you're listening to this, you know you probably already know who we are. But you're going to lose anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, if you had to pick one card, Trevor, that we didn't talk about. That for some reason struck you as as your favorite card, whether you ever play it or not. You know, is, is there one card that that you just instantly want for of uh, for no reason other than it's really cool? All right,
1: I'm looking. If you have one, well, you, I, should, you have you yeah, have one. You should share well, it I, now.
0: Okay, I am absolutely in love with Mere um... Two colorless mana, artifact creature mirrors a 5-6. Okay, so for two mana, a 5-6 is great. Um, the the only problem is you can only spend mana produced by creatures to cast this card. That being said, derogatory speakers in standard, you could have a 5-6 on turn 2. Um, but the, the flavor text really is the only reason, I think, but I want this, and it's two kind of mirror survive, the powerful and those that stay close by them. <laughs> and the picture is just this giant colossal mirror, and all these little guys like running like his pack, you know. Yeah. It's, it's super flavorful. It's a mirroring card, which you know I'm still I'm mirroring to the core. I'm sad they lost. I'm exactly. still convinced that They're all of They're coming those back.
1: Mirin lives. Yeah, spoiler alert, folks. Alright, so. so I found one. Okay. Uh, Spellskite. Two colorless mana, artifact creature horror. It's an O4. And for one Phyrexian blue mana, you can change a target of target spell or ability to Spellskite. So, in theory, they basically have to remove Spellskite before they're able to target any of your creatures. Or, yeah, or your face. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, is, this a, is this a J's answer?
1: It could be. It could definitely I mean, be. I mean, pay two life to have keep to your creature.
0: It instead of your bomb, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't, that's, I wasn't thinking about it as much for that. Um, I thought about it more uh, for keeping my sorted guys alive. I like that um, But that's certainly an application I just think it's kind of a neat, funky card Like I said, you know, obviously we didn't bring it up in standard Or, you know, uh, you know, standard, immediately standard playable But I love me Wall of Omens And this card, you know, feels like it's similar And it's, you know, probably going to get a removal spell But hey, like better that than something else and then the other card that, as I was scrolling through, I instantly noticed was, of course, Phyrexian Metamorph, uh, which is basically Clone for three colorless and one blue Phyrexian mana. And I think the art suite—it looks—I don't know—it's like a like a octopus Hobbit thing <laughs> with Quicksilver, and it, it's just super cool looking. And I love Clone; it's like probably one of my favorite creatures of all time. Um, and this is the same thing, so I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, it but, it also clones artifacts.
1: Yes, it does, it, yes. Is that right? So, yes, artifacts as well, um, yeah, so.
0: You know, hey, you know, all the metal crafters out there, you know, we've been talking about it, there's another, another option for your metal craft. Exactly. I mean, it comes down as an artifact creature, but. You know, you can get something
1: in there that you need as well. Sure. I mean, in limited, it's it's obviously a little more susceptible to removal, but, uh, you know, I, I would, like, I, as I was doing my set review, I asked myself, if I open this in my sealed pool, you know, would I be unhappy? And this was definitely a card that I would not say I'd be unhappy, you know, to, to put in my 40. So, uh, obviously there's some better rares, but this is definitely one that I'd be like, yeah, I'll play that.
0: I, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I, that's that's one of those cards that I'm really glad that they they printed, and I'm excited to get to play with these cards. Um, we're gonna wrap it up tonight.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh... The
0: the next time we'll we'll go over what we think is unlimited. limited. Uh, when, when we post the show, uh, you know, look for our set reviews in the show notes. Uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments about the show, uh, you can get a hold of us at teamronanmtg at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we're happy to answer any questions. You know, talk about anything, you know, relevant and standard and limited or, you know, super sweet magic news, like getting cards spoiled <laughs> weeks early. You know, we always like that. Um,
1: yeah, shout out to those guys who are currently in jail for spoiling these cards early.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks to those, those French guys, I guess. Um, they can do something right. You know, we don't, they don't, you don't get extradited or anything, and you get to live out your lives not playing tournament magic, because you'll probably get banned. <laughs> but, for the rest of us that are gonna get to play with these cards in sanctioned events, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> exactly. Anything
0: to add? Uh, quick on. couple
1: shout-outs uh, to Lake Geneva Games. Uh, thanks for the constant support, the tournaments. And you'll be able to find this uh, on their uh, Facebook webpage page, hopefully. And uh, we hope you enjoy. We hope we uh, see you there for the pre-release. And then also shout-out to my local school- store, uh, Evil Squirrel Comics. Great store, great magic, uh, great owner. So buy your comics and your cards from them.
0: Yeah, great, and uh, be sure to tune in next time, and we will see you then.
1: Sounds good. Peace out, guys.